Welcome to Real Estate Investing with Kenny Wolf, the show with weekly topics designed to help you learn how to build your ideal life through real estate investing. My name is Kenny Wolf, and I've been a real estate syndicator and investor for almost 12 years now. And in this time, I've built a successful real estate investment firm, Wolf Investments. If you're new to the show, make sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode comes out. Hey, I'm Zane Schartz, and I've been with Wolf Investments for six years, and I help run the CRE funds. Hi, I'm Kenny Wolf, real estate syndicator and founder of Wolf Investments, a successful real estate investment firm. On this channel, we teach you how to build your ideal life through real estate investing. If you like the video, make sure to subscribe to get more videos like this. So today we're talking about double net and triple net lease investing on the real estate front. What's a double net lease, saying? A double net lease is when the landlord has some responsibilities. Typically, those are roof and structure. But on a triple net lease, uh, the landlord has zero responsibilities. Those are our favorites, obviously. And triple net leases are the dream, like you said, uh, because um, not only does the, the tenant take care of all the operational expenses on site, they also reimburse for property taxes and insurance as well. So you've got zero operational risk. So in 2017, we had a request from multiple of our investors that wanted a stable monthly cash flow. They're rolling around their RVs and wanted a monthly ACH or a check that rolls in. Uh, that was a basically a set amount that they can rely on every month. So uh, we created this back in 2017, a fund to buy triple net stores or double net stores. Um, and uh, that was a great way to provide those monthly stable cash flow. And the reason we did it as a fund was because it allows our investors to be invested in all of our assets and diversified over industry, geography, and lease term. So the way we structure it is that investors have ownership in every property, whether it be five properties in the fund or 25 properties. That way they can have diversification and mitigate the risk. Exactly. And in that same funds, we're, we're looking to get high credit, publicly traded tenants. Um, and so far, we're, we're almost 100% there on that. So we've got really stable monthly coming in uh, on that fund. So how does a fund make money? Investors put their money into the fund, and the fund goes out and acquires co- properties across the country. And so as these, uh, we, we gather all these pooled funds uh, from our investors, we go out and buy these assets. Uh, even on a closing statement, we're cash flowing. We get a part, part of the rent right there. Um, and then every month thereafter, the um, Dollar General, CVS, whoever it is, is paying us rent. We pay our monthly mortgage, we net out the very small, zero to a very small amount of operational expenses, and then we do a distribution to our investors through um, some cash flow. All right, Zane, so what are some of the benefits of a triple net and double net fund? So I think one of the biggest benefits is the tenants we're buying are all investment-grade tenants and they're publicly traded companies. So we like the strength of the leases that we're acquiring and the asset class that we're buying. Uh, There's also very limited overhead and expense on us as an operator because of the structure of these leases, um, which allows us to do monthly distributions. We do monthly cash flow distributions to investors. um, And because of that, we are able to have very consistent, stable monthly cash flow, even in volatile markets. Um, What are some of the other things that we like? So we figured out a way to um, speed up depreciation on these assets. So now we're hitting about a 50% write-off for our investors in year one, which is awesome. That's helped shield other capital gains income and dividend income as well. Um, So it's a way way for us to create monthly cash flow, but also add a tax shield uh, to some of their other investments that don't have that, that quality to it. Uh, we have appreciation as well. Uh, we don't do this on every single store, um, but a few of them, what we'll do is we'll buy a store with maybe a year and a half or two years left on the lease, um, and then at a higher cap rate, 
um, for which means a lower um, acquisition price. Will why we're under LOI basically pre-negotiate a lease extension uh, with that tenant. We've got all the connections now uh, to, to be able to, to know if they're gonna if they're gonna uh, renew or not, or feel highly confident. Um, sometimes we work out an early extension, and what that happens, what happens when they extend, is that the cap rate comes down. Value, which pushes the value up, and we've made some um, uh, appreciation um, that we are able to create by doing a new lease renewal as well. Um, and then we also have very disciplined underwriting and acquisition process. So we're looking for um, for towns that are you know typically 3,000 population or higher. Um, some hopefully bigger is sometimes bigger as well. Uh, and then also we're looking at competition. So if we're buying a family dollar, uh, we look to see in that town is there a Dollar Tree, is there a Dollar General. Um, or a CVS or Walgreens, um, the same thing. If Where's the competition to that tenant? Can we replace them should they not renew? Yeah, and I think in addition to our uh, pre-acquisition criteria, we're looking at is it on a hard corner? What's the vehicle uh, vehicles per day traffic count? Uh, how many times has the tenant renewed their lease? Um, have they shown commitment to a location by renewing their lease two, three, four times? Have they been there five years or 25 years? Uh, there's a lot of things that go into our pre-acquisition criteria that allows us to mitigate our risk to investors. Absolutely. So our current triple net portfolio and double net portfolio consists of four different funds uh, that we created. The first one being in 2017. But today, we have 54 properties in, across all four of those funds. And that's spread out over 16 states. The total portfolio square footage is over 500,000 square feet. We've got nine different tenants right now as well. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways we can diversify. In, in our current portfolio, uh, we diversify over industries. We're in drug stores, dollar stores, auto parts stores. We own gyms, telecommunications. Uh, we are diversified over geography, too. Like we said, 16 different states. Uh, and over our first four funds, we're at 100% occupancy, and we've never not been at 100% occupancy. So we have very consistent tenants, and we love that about our funds. Uh, we have 95, over 95% investment-grade tenants, and our weighted average lease term over our first five funds is over five years. So we have great tenants for a long time and very diversified in a lot of different ways. So we talked about um, diversification and, and de-risking, you know, these triple net funds. And so um, as you can see on the slide here, uh, we've got, you know, we're pretty diversified, some great brand names on there, really strong businesses. Uh, Walgreens making up almost 40% of across the funds. But you can see below that it starts getting broken up pretty well amongst these really strong tenants. Yeah. And in addition to diversification, what we like to look for is businesses that are e-commerce proof and also... Um, able to be essential. They're essential businesses in the fact that a lot of people need drugstores and a lot of people need uh, convenience to close stores. So um, we think that the future is very bright for a lot of our uh, tenants and we think we mitigate our risk in a lot of ways. Absolutely, yep. So one of the big things we love about this fund is the diversification of geographic uh, locations. Uh, right now we're in 16 different states and we're looking to grow that as much as we can uh, because as the more you can be diversified, the more you can lower risk to investors. Right. And on these states, um, you know, we don't have to worry about, like in our multifamily business, we have to worry about landlord-friendly states. Uh, we don't really care about that here, so we're pretty, uh, uh, pretty agnostic on where we buy. Uh, obviously, we want to see growth in that city and that state over the long haul. Again, that's getting people through the store buying products so our tenants stay longer in their leases. 
Yeah, and what, one thing we do try to uh, be aware of is proximity to the shore because of hurricanes. On some of these tenants and some of these assets, we are responsible for the roof and structure. So we do try to stay away from shores and uh, lower our risk for hurricane exposure. Um, and that's one thing that we look for. So as we're dialing in and looking at the more local location um, of these stores, uh, we're looking for vehicles per day. We're looking for hard corners. You know, where's the, um, um, where's the competition if there is anybody, if there is any? And the reason being for that um, is, is uh, you know, worst case, we want to dial, dial in for that. What's the worst case scenario uh, to replace these tenants? Yeah, and the worst case scenario is that one of them doesn't renew their lease. But the good thing about these properties is that they're all basically boxes. And these boxes can be repurposed for a lot of different things. A lot of times you'll see a CVS not renew their lease and you'll see a family dollar move in or a dollar tree. Or you'll see a Dollar General not renew their lease and you'll see an advanced auto parts step in and take that lease. So we've heard of a lot of circumstances where that has happened. And um, you know, we think that the strength of our locations that we're acquiring will allow that to happen for us in the future if we do come to that. We've actually bought a few where uh, Family Dollar Dollar Tree took over. That they actually are subleasing from Walgreens, um, moved in. So it's already a proven up concept that these folks like to like to expand. They like different locations. Say the Walgreens doesn't work out, but maybe it works well for Dollar General. So, um, so again, you see these um, these buildings be able to be repurposed, and that's a way to mitigate again uh, mitigate the risk in these funds. Our last CRE fund had a blended cap rate of 7.85%, which brought our annual returns to over 18%. And this, uh, this fund had 26 stores in it, blended over multiple states. Um, obviously, we're paying out monthly cash flow to our investors like all of our other funds. Um, and that 18% annual return is broken up, um, just like any kind of real estate asset, is broken up to cash flow principal pay down and appreciation. Those are the three ways we make money in real estate. Um, so the cash, cash on cash today is roughly about 7% on that CRE fund. Um, we're working now on some refis and some ways to kind of uh, bump that up um, right now as well. So that'll, that'll only get increased over time through these refis uh, that we're doing right now. Um, besides that 7%, we're getting another 6% typically annual principal pay down. These loans that we get are typically 25-year amortizing loans. So you know, every month we're paying down the mortgage. Uh, the, um, you're paying off that, that mortgage faster than you say with like a 30-year compared to like multifamily. Uh, and then the difference is going to be roughly that 5% where you've got um, some appreciation through what we do, re- lease renewals, um, retenant the building, things like that where we can push the value as well. So we actually just had a, a, a question from one of our investors or potential investors asking us about uh, comparing you know, our 7% cash on cash return in this 2022 fund compared to today, roughly savings account, maybe about 4% a year is what you're getting. Um, so they were just comparing the cash flow versus you know, you know, your dividend income, your interest income you're making off your savings account. Um, but really kind of break that down, like you know, what are the, what are the uh, much bigger pros to investing in a CRE fund? Yeah, so obviously we all know that you can get up to 4% on a savings account um, and have a little more liquidity than our fund, but our fund allows you to take advantage of uh, the appreciation that we can create through paying down the principal, that equity that you can unlock on a sale or a refinance, and obviously through the 7% cash on cash that we have. So um, yes, it is a little less liquid, but the returns are much higher for us, and there's a lot of benefits for you uh, in addition to just the cash on cash through the appreciation and the principal pay down. 
So another advantage we like about our CRE funds is depreciation and taking advantage of cost segregation studies and front-loading bonus depreciation into year one. This has allowed us to uh, allow our investors to have a taxable write-off of 40 to 50% in our funds in the past. Right. So if you bring in 100K to one of our CRE funds, you'll, you'll, you'll write off 40 to $50,000 on that year one's tax return. So if you had another capital gains or other investment income of that 40 or 50K, it would, it would uh, net that out. So you wouldn't have to pay capital gains um, or investment uh, taxes on, those, on that interest or dividend income, which is really sweet. Um, depreciation is a big tool. Um, you know, there's, we talked to Rod just now, the three ways we make money. The fourth pillar to, uh, to real estate investing is depreciation, and people don't appreciate the depreciation as much as they should. Um, and it's really, it's, it's, it's a way to really be a tax efficient, um, uh, not just for real estate, but it bleeds over and can protect other types of income as well. One of my favorite quotes is, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much money you keep. And depreciation allows us to keep as much money as we can as investors. And as always, make sure to check with your CPA um, to see how you can use depreciation from other investments to offset uh, investment income. Always make sure to check with your CPA, though. So my favorite thing about our CRE funds is the fact that we are buying a very strong tenant base. Our tenants are all investment-grade, corporately-backed leases that allows us to uh, cash flow at very consistent and stable monthly distributions. And another thing I like is the diversification of these funds. We're diversified over industry, over geography, and over lease term. That allows us to lower our risk to investors because they're invested in every single asset that we have and they're mitigating their risk in so many different ways and allows us to be uh, as consistent and stable as we can. Right. And so, I mean, these assets are, are great. So the triple net and double net investments, they're a great financial tool for those looking to create monthly recurring income. Our funds allow investors to spread out their investment over multiple tenants, locations, and sizes of assets. If you want true, stable mailbox money, then triple net or double net stores are an excellent choice. This has been Real Estate Investing with Kenny Wolf. Thanks so much for listening.